All right, everybody, welcome to episode 15 of the Backseat Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Weber, going to be taking you around the NFL again. Got a little bit of a shorter show today. Just got three kind of topics for you today. Uh, I'm going to start off with the San Francisco 49ers. So I kind of have a love affair with the 49ers at this point. I, I, I just love this team. And I got to be honest, their offense is perfect for the 2022 NFL. So scoring is down almost unanimously across the board this season. Uh, last season, the Dallas Cowboys led the NFL at 31.2 points per game with Tampa Bay in second at 30.1 points per game. Then two seasons ago, the Green Bay Packers led the NFL with about thir- with 31.6 points per game. And there was four teams in 2022 or 2020 rather that averaged 30 points per game. Right now, there is not a single team in the NFL that is averaging 30 points per game. The Chiefs are very close. They're leading the NFL with about 29.6 points per game. I don't know why I said about. They are scoring 29.6 points per game. The Chiefs are close, but they're not even at the 30 points per game benchmark. And I'm not going to go into some huge analysis about how and why scoring is down across the NFL, but people much smarter than me are saying that it's due to the rise of the too high shell defensively, which my understanding just basically means cover two. And it's an effort to reduce big chunk plays and defenses are trying to make teams go on 10 to 12 play drives a score instead of the big chunk plays over the top that we've gotten used to seeing the past couple seasons. I know you guys have heard this during the games. If you're watching the games, they talk about it every single week ad nauseum. So keep that in mind that in 2022 defenses are designed to limit big plays, big chunk plays over the top. And I think that there is one team in the NFL that that doesn't hinder or impact even a little bit. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. This is not to suggest that the 49ers have the best offense in the NFL because quite frankly, they just don't. Right now, they're ranked 15th in points per game at 22.6 and 13, uh, 13th in total yards per game. So really, they're not like amazing statistically. However, they are perhaps the most balanced team in the NFL as they're ranked 10th in pass yards per game and 11th in rushing yards per game. However, back to the matter at hand, the 49ers offense is designed in a way that more or less takes advantage of what NFL defenses are trying to do today and take away the big play, the big over-the-top play, and that's not something the 49ers really even do at all. The 49ers lead the NFL in yards after catch. So the San Francisco 49ers offense is not designed to throw way deep over the top. It's designed to get their players in space and allow that yards after the catch to create their chunk plays. So that's how they get their big plays, which I'm going to suggest that in the playoffs, that's going to change the way that defenses play against the 49ers. And what's going to happen is that's going to open up those chunk plays that they don't rely on, but it's going to become a part of their offense as the season progresses deep into January and potentially February. So styles make fights and the 49ers style is going to create some problems as the season goes on. So in conclusion, watch out for the 49ers in the playoffs. I've been talking about this for weeks that the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl and I'm sticking to it. My love affair with the 49ers, even as a former Dallas Cowboys fan and a current Tampa Bay Tom Brady stand, continues. 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Now, moving completely on, 
when a team hires a head coach, okay, they have an opening. That head coach that they hire always has a background in either offense, defense, or special teams. Sometimes a special teams head coach will get a job like John Harbaugh. Now, when a team hires a head coach, I expect that head coach to improve their new team based on their background. So if a team hires an offensive head coach, I expect to see improvements, instant improvements to the offense. Or if they hire a defensive head coach, I expect to see instant improvements to the defense. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be wild. It just has to be noticeable and quantifiable. The new head coach for any given team has to improve that new team in their space, be it offense or defense. For example, I expect Sean McVay, head coach, offensive head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, to ritually have a very good exceptional offense, which up until this season, he very much has. He got Jared Goff the Super Bowl. None of us are doubting at this point, I think, that Sean McVay is a great coach, right? Same for Robert Sala on the other side. Robert Sala is a rookie defensive head coach, and when he got hired, I expected him to make an instant impact for the defense for the team that he's coaching. And he has in a major way. So last season, the New York Jets ranked dead last in the NFL in defense. This year, they've jumped all the way to top 10. Now, I didn't expect that level of improvement. Uh, I would have been okay with just improvement of any kind. If they would have gone from 32nd to 16th, or 32nd to 20th, just something that you can physically place your eyes on and go, okay, that's improvement. That's considered a success in my eyes. So when a team hires a head coach and that head coach improves, improves his team based on his identity and his background. So if you hire a defensive head coach, the defense get better. If you hire an offensive head coach, the offense gets better. We are seeing the exact opposite out of Brandon Staley, the head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. Brandon Staley got hired in 2021, okay, last season. So the year before the Los Angeles Chargers hired Brandon Staley, the Los Angeles Chargers had the 10th ranked overall defense, 9th ranked passing defense, 18th ranked rushing defense, and 23rd in points per game allowed, okay? Since then, they've just gotten worse. So in 2021, last year, the year that he was hired, they fell to 30th in overall defense, 12th in pass defense, which is three spots worse than the previous season, 30th in rush defense, and 30th in points per game allowed. This season, they're 28th in overall defense, 15th in pass defense, which is three spots worse than when he got hired, 26th in rushing yards per game allowed, and 28th in points per game allowed. And we wonder why Justin Herbert struggles to make the playoffs. If a head coach can't even get his side of the ball right, which Brandon Staley unfortunately clearly cannot do, why would we expect him to be able to support the side of the ball that is not his forte? How would we expect, how do we expect Brandon Staley to be able to support Justin Herbert, Herbert and that offense properly if he can't even get his side of the ball, the defense right? It is clear and obvious that he's just not the right coach. And that's okay. They need someone different out there in Los Angeles. And this really, this really begs me to ask, what would the Los Angeles Chargers look like if they didn't have Justin Herbert? What would they look like if they had someone that wasn't as gifted? Would they even be 
where they're at now, which is barely above 500, what kind of record and how bad would this team be if they did not have someone like Justin Herbert back there? So they are very fortunate to have him, and it is very clear that Brandon Staley is not the right coach for the Chargers, and I would not be shocked at all if Brandon Staley ends up being for, for Justin Herbert what Brian Flores was for Tua in that when he leaves, we see a major jump and they instantly get better and start winning. I don't think it'll be that dramatic because Justin Herbert has incredible stats for someone in his third year in the league. He's probably going to end up having the most touchdown passes for his first three years in the league, but we'll see what that ends up being. He's currently second right now. So it really does beg the question, what is going down in there in that building for the Los Angeles Chargers? Lastly, like I said, going to be a short show today. Just got a couple quick thoughts for you guys. Uh, the Mike White show is going to continue for this week for the Jets. They played this perfectly. They brought him in, Mike White, right before they played two of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. The Bears' pass defense is ranked 18th in the NFL, but it feels like optically worse than that. And we saw what Mike White did to them. He had 300-some yards passing. And this week, they get to play against the Minnesota Vikings who currently own the 31st-ranked pass defense in the NFL. So Mike White is destined to have back-to-back -back big games, and Zach Wilson getting benched is just going to look like an even better idea, and it's just going to look even worse for Zach Wilson, watching his backup go out there and tear up two teams back-to-back. -back. Tampa Bay might get shut out this week on, on Monday night versus the Saints. The Tampa Bay offense has just been uninspiring to say the least this year they're they're 26 in points per game and the saints are coming off one of the more impressive defensive performance this this defensive performances last week so the tampa bay offense isn't that good and the the saints defense held the shockingly functional amazingly functional pretty really good san francisco offense to 13 points so what's going to happen when they're going to play against Tampa Bay? So this very easily could be a 6-3 to three or a nine, another 9-0 nine to zero Saints victory like we saw last season. So watch out for a low-scoring game from both teams because both defenses are playing really, really well and both offenses are not great. Please pray for my sanity if the Tennessee Titans beat the Eagles. This is just a personal thing. I live in Tennessee and I will not get to hear the end of it i already can't stand the titans not because i don't like the team i just think they're so boring i've said this a couple times but i will not get to hear the end of it if the titans upset the eagles this week and lastly look out for the bills offense and more specifically josh allen to get back on track this week against the patriots the bills have won three of their past four games against the patriots and in the last two of three games with the lone outlier being that game that was played in a nor'easter within 50 mile an hour wins. So in two of their past three games, the games that they've won, Josh Allen has completed 68% of his throws for six touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 634 passing yards. So look for the Bills to get back on track against the Patriots this week. So that's it. That's my show. Once again, told you to be a short one. Thank you guys for tuning in. Take care, everybody.